Welcome to the Motive Podcast, everyone. My name is Shaden Bertinoli. I'm a licensed therapist. I have a private practice in Ogden, Utah. And this is episode number 53, where if you haven't heard here on the Motive Podcast, I want to help you solve life's hardest problems. So let's get into it, huh? This is uh, this has been an awesome journey, just so you know. So I've had a lot of just such good feedback from people, and I just appreciate it so much. Um you just, I don't know. I, I got stopped in a restaurant the other day by someone who had listened to my son's, uh, the episode I did about my son and his wrestling match and, and just how touched he was. And I got to go home and, and, uh, look at Jacoby and say, Hey, Jacoby, guess what? And he said, what dad? And, and I said, someone told me today that, that your story of how much you struggled and how much, how hard that was on the wrestling match, um, uh, in the, on the, in that wrestling meet, I said, they, they told me how much that touched them and how much it, it helped them, and his he has this thing that he does, if you know Jacoby, but where he he raises his eyebrows. So when he feels inspired, or when he feels a spirit, or when he when he he's kind of like quick to being a bit bashful, and and he does this cute thing where he raises his eyebrows. And when I told him that his story had really influenced someone, he his eyebrows raised real big, and it was just it was just awesome. And uh, he smiled a big smile and. And I said, you're, you're helping people, bud. Your, your story, your persistence is, is helping people. And, and, uh, so thank you everyone. I really appreciate it. So today I want to talk about, I guess a question I'll lead with a question, which is what are the, what are the two most invisible emotions to human beings or to you and and myself? Do I have research to back up what I'm going to share with you? No. I don't have anything to say, oh, these are the most invisible emotions. I'm talking to you about my experiences in my own life and experiences of tons of of people that I've worked with. And so I want to give you a second. Just think about it, right? Think about it for a second. What are are emotions in you that are, quote unquote, invisible? In other words, they're there, um, but they're really hard to see. They're really hard to recognize. And if someone even asked you how you feel, let's just say you, you might have kind of a hard time even answering them, right? So I'm gonna, I want to start with the first one, which I think is important, but the second one I really want to dive into. Okay, so number one, what I see often uh, as an invisible emotion is, is the, the emotion of confusion. And, and right off the bat, you might be saying, wait, is that, a, is that an emotion? And, and I would say, well, uh, what else is it? You know, confusion is you can be you can be confused about something like right. You can be confused about many things. Um, I get confused all the time, and so that's a. I would say that's you know it's an intelligence situation for myself or just com- you know trying to put two and two together somehow, and it's just not working. Uh, you know that's that was pretty much my mathematics throughout my entire life is two and two really didn't go together very well, um, but. Ultimately, though, we can feel confused. And what I see a lot of the time, especially in parenting, is classic case, right? A parent will say, hey, what's what's going on? Can you t- tell me about this? And, and they're like, I just, I don't know. You know, the teenager's like, I don't know. And we usually are like, well, what do you mean? Like, what don't you know? And we, we, we often follow up when someone says, I don't know, with more questions. And for most of us, it's, it, all, it kind of infuriates us, right? It's like, I just told you, like, I don't know. Not to mention you got this young person or or an adult for that matter that's like, even if I did know, maybe I don't even have the vocabulary or the emotional intelligence to be able to express what's going on inside of me anyway. And so when I say I don't know, 
and then I get asked more and more questions, it, it, it actually just enhances how much I don't know and almost can turn to shame or can turn to all sorts of other frustrations. And so when in all reality, when someone says, I don't know, what are they feeling? What's very likely the emotion that they're feeling? They're feeling confused. And how many of you that are listening, when was the last time you ever looked at someone who said, I don't know, and said, oh, that must be, that must be pretty frustrating to be that, to feel that, you know, to feel, to feel confused. Right? We don't often let confusion rest. We often have to search more and more and more. And I get it, right? I get it. We want answers, especially with those we care about a lot. Like we, we don't want to just like, okay, cool. You're confused. Well, see you later. Right. That's not, that's not how we are. But at the same time, do we ever let it rest and just even be there with them in their confusion? Like, huh, how long have you been confused? Has it been a while? Have you thought a lot about it before? Like, have you just been thinking about it over and over and over again and you just still can't find answers? And, and all of a sudden, the front person in front of you may be saying, yeah, I, I seriously don't know. And then to, to, to do something about validating that. And it, the cool part is, is for a lot of us that are, you know, maybe it's someone that's younger than us that we're talking to, we might know the answer, right? We might know or we might know a very good answer or advice to give them per se. But when we jump straight to advice or straight to the answer, we, we kind of communicate some arrogance to them. We communicate even some judgment at times that I've been watching you and I've been kind of assessing you and, and I'm glad that you could tell me that you don't know because now that gives me permission to tell you that I do know. And although the answer might work really well, it's the, it's, it's the process you're going through with that person that they might not end up receiving what you could say anyway. Had you taken some time to focus on that experience that they have with being so confused. And is it okay to even say, you know, what are you confused about? Sure. But I would say before, I think confusion or the phrase, I don't know, is such a huge, I I guess you could call it a trigger or just a a cause for those who, you know, for for, for those of us that are trying to help someone it's like our first cue of like, oh, if they don't know, then that means helping them would be to solve that. And I'm here to tell you, it isn't. It isn't always. It's that classic YouTube video of it's it's not it's it's not about the nail, right? We've if you haven't seen it, then welcome, yeah, you know, welcome to Planet Earth. Go look it up and find it because it's it's awesome. It's not about the nail. And and the cool part is though is when you when you when you can take a moment and avoid that nail just for a moment to, to hear them out and to, to validate and, and listen to the confusion, the chances go up ex- extremely high that they will now hear the advice you have to give them about the nail. Why? Because you were there with them, right? So those are just my, my thoughts on confusion. It's, it's, a, it's, we all have it. We all get confused. We all feel confused. It doesn't mean we we absolutely don't have answers inside of us. It just means for a brief moment, we might be feeling kind of confused. And it's nice when people can just accept that. So be the, be the one that can start to see your own confusion in your own life. And, and it doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean just 
put your cards down and stop playing the game and 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 just say okay i'm confused well that's that's just it no but the more you begin to see it in yourself the the better able you'll be able to see it in other people and vice versa you know the more that you start to focus and and let yourself chill out for a second when you when you hear somebody else's confusion it'll it'll be a different experience for you i promise to just let sit sit there with them so that's emotion number one that I see a lot that people struggle to see in themselves and that um, oftentimes they really struggle to just see or accept in other people. Okay, emotion number two. This one is the, to me, this is the biggest one. Um, and I hope you're guessing a little bit. I wish I kind of could have like the, some song here to prepare you. So emotion number one or number two, sorry, is loneliness. Anger management group could honestly be called loneliness group or depression group, but loneliness group. Loneliness is one of the most hidden emotions I believe that exists, like I've said a thousand times already. I guarantee you loneliness is... It's there and it's real and it's not fun. It's, it's, it feels like grief a little bit. So to me, there are three, there are three ways that people feel lonely. Well, before I even get there, think about yourself. I, I think for myself, my most common behavioral reactions or the way that my loneliness manifests itself um, in my outer world when I'm really not in touch with it in my inner world, if you will, is isolation. It's in um, kind of bravado or I guess sarcasm. That one's definitely decreased a lot in my life, but um, irritability for sure, uh, which is really ironic, right? Because if you're lonely, and you're just you're actually kind of desiring connection. It it's really common for people to start pushing people away, and and that's just that's just the way it is. We we tend to do that. It's a again, it's quite ironic. Um, you see a lot in guys like a lot of sarcasm. You see in anyone too. Just it, this fake presence of happiness. I call it niceness. You can become overly nice to where you're letting your boundaries down and and really not standing up for yourself anymore. Uh, just because it's an attempt at hiding something that's going on. And most people just aren't super aware that what's actually, excuse me, going on inside of them is a healthy dose of loneliness. So for me, I have three little things I like to check off for my loneliness uh, and, and with and with people as well. So number one, uh, am I lonely literally, right? Am I number one, am I, am I not around people? And uh, some people like to be around more others than more people than other people. You know, extrovert people tend to want to be around others. Introverted people tend to want to to not be around others, um, or vice versa. I shouldn't say vice versa. Introverts might become more and more tired by being around people, and therefore like their time away. And uh, and and no one is just perfectly one way all the time, but you can see some patterns. So number one is: are, Have you been absent with people? And that's a really easy way to see if you uh, are feeling, if you've been probably pretty lonely. Uh, number two is you are around people 
but those people you are around do not understand you. I, I ask a common question in therapy is, who knows you? You know, I could look at them and say, so listen, like if you, if you had to name me two or three people in your life that just truly know you, truly understand you and get you, who are they? And it's very telling when, and, and makes me sad when the answer is nobody. And I'm guessing that you, you, you that are listening, I think about it. It doesn't matter how many friends you think you have or, or how common it is for you to be social. It doesn't mean people really know you and understand it. Do, do I think everybody needs to know everything? Heck no, right? That list needs to be quite small, but it does need to be a list, right? There needs to be at least one or two people on there, in my opinion, that really, really get you. And so that, I would say that's the most common. I mean, yeah, does it happen where people are just isolated and, and, and check themselves out from a lot of other people? Sure. But number two, I think is far more common where we are around people, even those that we love. And actually, just so you know, it's when you are around the people that you love and they don't understand you that I believe the most loneliness occurs because they're the ones that are, quote unquote, supposed to get it, right? They're supposed to kind of understand you and you're just not being, you're not taking the step to, to let yourself be known or flat out they're not safe enough to do so, which in, in that case, it's pretty sad as well. So number one, right, is we, you, you're not, you're not around people. Number two is those around you um, just don't get it. They don't get you. And number three is the loneliness of, of burden. Um, I kind of uh, metaphorically, I like to talk about this in as a backpack and that is that you, you might even, you might be around people that, that know you and you, you might be around people that actually get you decently well. But the fact is, is you're carrying, you're carrying a burden that, um, is yours. It's, it's your backpack that they don't carry and they don't get to carry. It's exclusively yours. This could be a trial you're going through. You know, my, my dad's, uh, ALS was definitely his own backpack and we all had our own backpacks that were with that. Uh, but nobody could, could intervene on that. That was his alone. Um, it could be responsibilities, right? It could be responsibilities at work, responsibilities in your roles as a mother or a father or a student or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, uh, for, it could be a, it could be a church service, right? A church calling or a service that you're in, you're in where you feel a lot of responsibility. The list goes on and on and on. Either way, we all have them. Um, you, you, for business people, you, you hear a lot with entrepreneurs that entrepreneurship is very lonely. And, uh, and I would, I can testify to that. That's for sure. It's a, it, there's a lot of loneliness to it of the grind of trying to build your own business. And so, those uh, those three things are great checklists, in my opinion, to just go over with yourself. Because, again, irritability, annoyance, depression-type stuff, just quick to frustration, isolation, all those little traits can are, are super uh, indicative of some um, hidden loneliness that's going on. So what do you do? Right, that's, always, that's the question. What do you do? And the answer is quite simple. There was uh, just a, I don't know, probably happens to me more often than I would like, I'll say this, where Shelly will, she can just tell, you know, that I'm 
funky is the word I use. I'm just kind of getting funky. And, and, uh, I remember maybe a year ago or so, I, I would say it was when I first really came in touch with my loneliness. Um, have I known it? Yeah. But like really accepted it and, and known that what I was going through is loneliness. Probably not to, to the degree that I, I do now. And so, uh, she was talking to me and, and I just said, I, she, you know, I think she just said, do you know what's going on? And, and I, I finally like dug deep and, and looked at her and I just said, I, I just think I'm really, I just think I'm really lonely. Like I, and this is me being pretty, pretty open with you, but I said, you know, I, I help a lot of people and I, and I'm there with them and I, and I love what I do so much and it gives back more than I even give. Um, I said, but I, I sometimes I get, sometimes I get in my little pity party almost of like, what about me? And, and I said, I think it's just been a while since I've like advocated for myself with anybody that I, that I should be or that I trust. And, and I said, I just, I, I'm just really lonely. And, and I started crying a lot. And I think one of the reasons that men in particular really struggle, why they struggle to admit loneliness is I don't think there's much emotion. I don't think there's more, any other emotion really that's out there. And maybe you guys could argue with me, but that when, when said out loud actually induces tears, you know how it is, right? When we all can kind of stay strong, if you will, and stoic, but, but when we have to like admit, and when we say the word, how it, it's, it's just this interesting, it's honestly like this phenomenon that I don't quite understand, but as we bring it out and say, you know, I'm feeling lonely, it creates tears. Um, it makes it real. It makes it uh, into grief in a lot of ways too, or grievable and experienced rather than just shut down. And uh, and so I think a lot of men struggle to admit it, um, especially when men really value being adequate. We value being competent and adequate and with it. And so admitting loneliness can feel very weak and inadequate. And so we don't, and it can also then trigger tears. And most, I don't know, a lot of men who love to embrace their tears, especially in front of other people. And so if you're listening to this and you're a guy, I challenge you to face that. I challenge you to look inward and and look at your irritability, look at your lack of patience, look at your frustration times and and ask yourself, am I really known? Am I actually quite lonely? Um, and if you're listening to this and you, you suspect that, you know, someone who is likely very lonely, but never admits it, make yourself safe. Ask yourself what, what you can do that's within your control to make yourself a safer human being around those, around that person or persons. So that if, if the time or the opportunity presented itself for them to open up to you, you would have demonstrated a lot of safety with them. Just so you know, sarcasm isn't safe. Um, lots of laughter, if you will. Um, fake laughter isn't safe. You you allowing yourself to have eye contact and to really ask, are you okay, is a, is a as I've taught before in other podcasts, is a beautiful thing to do. And so I, I, I challenge you all, right? I, anyone who's listening, I hope this has helped you to just become more self-aware and, and think about yourself deep, more deeply. 
and and know that loneliness and confusion are human experiences and ought not to be denied. Um, am I saying that I want all of you to feel them every day? Heck no. But I am saying that they are they are real. And the more they're pushed away, the the more chaos they kind of create on the outside. And uh, and so go give it a, go give it a shot. And uh, as always, so many people now are getting into my program on the on motiveacademy.com and and they're loving it and it's changing their life. It's giving them the skills they've always wanted to have when it comes to the basics of of self worth and emotions and and thoughts uh, and beliefs. And it's taken them way beyond even the basics. I can tell you that for sure. The principles that I teach are, are not basic. Um, they feel basic, but they will change you from the inside out rather than from the outside in. And uh, so go give, it a, go give it a shot if you haven't. And if you ever wanted to gift it to somebody, let me know. And you can send me their name and their email and we can set up a gift for them to, to receive it. Uh, on the other side too is we have I ha- we still have spots for the Alaska Couples Getaway. And uh, we'd love to fill that. And so again, it's it's forty nine hundred bucks for you for you and your and your and your significant other, and uh, it's it's definitely going to be a trip that you don't want to miss. It and uh, you just got to get yourself there. You fly yourself there, and you have this all inclusive opportunity. So anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Share the share the podcast, leave some reviews, and we'll talk to you next time.